Welcome our, our special guest here on BTB, actor extraordinaire, Paul Sidhu. Yes, I hope I, I pronounced that correctly. Hi. Yes. Hey, Paul, Hi. From uh, this great film called Repeater that you can find on all your, pretty much all the, the streaming platforms. Uh, I watched mine on Amazon Prime today. Cool. Um, uh, good to have you on Below the Belt Show, Paul. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And wow, what what a great film. And um, I got to tell you, first of all, before we get into Repeater, I think it's cool that as an ethnic actor and myself being an ethnic as well, you play a John Smith character, which that doesn't happen too often. You know, when when uh, when an actor of of color gets to play, um, you know, a, a John Smith, for that matter. So. I was curious how that came about, and they, they, they didn't kind of play on the ethnicity of your ethnicity, or maybe because I'm sure you might have played, you know, ethnic characters in your acting career, but going as a John Smith character. So I thought that yeah. was really interesting. So, so the the writer um, who originally wrote the screenplay, this a guy named Benjamin Budd, he wrote Repeater like several years ago, and I think at the time they had um, a deal with, um, I think it was either Hannibal Studios or Warner Brothers. So they had someone attached. So the the person they had attached or the actor they had attached was a John Smith. So, um, but for some reason, the, you know, it, it just didn't get made. Um, things fell through, you know how it is in the business. So the script right. kind of went silent for a few years. And then I was coming off of, uh, Winter's Dream, which is a science fiction film I was doing. And the producer for Winter's Dream had picked up the script for um, Repeater. And he was already um, producing the movie with this with the director, R. Ellis Frazier. And Frazier um, saw, happened to see Winter's Dream at the same time the movie was launching and he's like hey you know why can't we get this guy to be uh john smith and so that that's kind of how it happened they weren't like really it it was you know know how most things are in this in this business um Mm -hmm. a lot of things that i that happen to people are basically you you get lucky right right you're you're in the right place place at the right time at the right time Mm -hmm. and you get lucky and that's all there is to it. I mean, there are a thousand other guys could have done it, but I, I just happened to know I was coming off a film with the producer who knew the director and the director introduced me through the film I was on. And so it just, it was just easy. And we just did it. <laughs> I mean, cause Paul, this is a lead role. This isn't, you know, to, to, to be attached to a film with Corbin Burnson and uh, sorry, Christina Loken. Christina Loken, yeah. Yes, and Christina Corey Loken. Burson and yeah. Nick, Nick Moran and Gary Daniels. Yeah, yeah. And and just to have, you know, your name on that, you know, marquee, you know, with, with those great names, is, that's got to be an amazing feeling, right? That was really, that was that was nice. I was very grateful for the experience, and it, it was a lot of fun. This film was, um, you know, it's, it's in the action trope. So, you know, we, you know when you're, you know, when you're in the action genre and not necessarily dramatic action, in between takes 
it's a lot of fun. The, the mood is lighter. Right. You're not, you know, you're you're not carrying the character over into like uh, the moments between. So you get to have a lot of fun with people and talk about different things. So it's it's cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about Corbin Burnson because that guy is an, a legend. You know, he's been in the yeah. business for for a long time. What was it like working with him specifically? Oh, it w- it was great. I I I remember we met in the we uh, I, I think we were sharing um, a trailer for some reason. <laughs> I think what, <laughs> well, what happened was there was a, a something happened where one of the trailers didn't make it to set. So, um, you know, they asked like, you know, they asked, Hey, is, is it cool that you and Corbin share a trailer? And I was like, yeah, of course, <laughs> this is great. Corbin's so like, he was in there. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, this guy is like, it was, it was amazing to watch him work because, um, he was just coming off a show. Um, and he, I think he flew in that morning, uh, to, to start, to start the film. And I mean, he knew his lines. I mean, he knew the, he knew the the subject matter, but you know, he was like, Hey, let's run the lines together. And I was like, well, all right, let's run the lines together. And so he kept telling me, he's like, he's like, you know, we, we just gotta, you know, know the, he goes, he said like, know your character, but don't stress out about the lines. It's okay. If you don't know the lines, I was like, really? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, so it was just, it was fun. Like really his work style was really like kind of, you know, a, I don't know. He he gave the impression he was shooting from the hip, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't because like well, when when the camera rolled, he was like all there, <laughs> and he was the embodiment of the character that yeah. I had been studying for like you know four months. I had the script and I was reading about his character, who's my who's my handler, right? And you know I had my idea of like how this guy should be, and and Corbin <laughs> he he made that, he, he materialized what I was, what I was imagining. Wow. And you mentioned shoot from the hip, but I can't imagine a film like repeater, um, letting itself to much improv though. Right. There wasn't really improv involved. Was there? No, no. Yeah. It, it was, we, we, it was all scripted. The, the, you know, the only improv was like, if you got hit by accident or gave like a funny look or something, but, yeah. but that's it. But that's about it. Everything else was like I think the dialogue was was tuned in, so we were okay there. Mm-hmm. Right on. So Paul, reading through your bio, I mean, I know like uh, two two of your major projects that uh, I mean, because you you do a lot of writing and and I think directing too with like the Akari decision and twenty three oh seven. Did you direct those or no did you- no no. No, I was. I'm just. Um, I do. I do writing, but I don't. I don't do any directing. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, still, still. I mean, like you're you're involved in the actual creation process instead of just being a hired gun actor. You know, just reading someone else's words. Like, do you do you find that like you know when you uh, do you find those kinds of projects like more like. I know that there are some benefits and drawbacks to those kind of projects. For one thing, there are a t- shit ton more work. Like, do you? I mean, do you like those, or do you think? Do you like it when it's a little easier when you're like um, doing stuff like um, your other projects where you're, you know, where you're reading someone's else, someone else's words? Well, okay, so I think from the perspective of the actor's journey, it's certainly more beneficial when you're the writer because 
you're already understanding the nuances of the character because mm -hmm. you're you're helping to create the character. You're understanding the history of the character, so you're not building it on your own. And you're really understanding the the meaning of each scene and the intent of it. So you get to just spend a lot more time with the character. And I think that's a real boon when you're in the independent world. Because when you do independent films, because of the, the budgetary constraints, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of pre-production. So for instance, you know, when I wasn't involved for, you know, the, you know, the, the writing or anything else for a film I did, which was called Hustle Down, which is right before Repeater. And, you know, you get the script like maybe like four weeks in advance, and then you go through it on your own and, and you usually don't have access to the writer and mm -hmm. you usually don't have access to the director until you get on set. And so true, I think it yeah. becomes a lot more difficult in the independent world. Now in the studio world, it's obviously very different because they know what they're going to do a year in advance. They're going to get you the stuff six months in advance. You can read it, do your research, you know, go to Russia, go where you have to go to, to learn what you need to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's all covered, right? But in the independent world, it's not. It's all sort of on you last minute. So when you're the writer, then it's great because you're sitting with that character for, you know, a year on end, which is, I think, really helpful. Also, you could write your character in, in any project, right? You're like, I'm writing this specific character specifically for myself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, where you feel silence is appropriate, you can you can put that in. I, I tend not to be very, um, uh, you know, you know, I, I feel like silence tells more in a story than actual words. So like when I'm involved in the writing process, my character tends not to be, you know, super talkative, whereas the other characters might have all the cool lines and things like that. <laughs> I think it's just the way I, maybe I live my life. So I sort of, project that onto the onto the page yeah so just watching the film a lot of great um fight choreography and a lot of just high adrenaline just you know gun guns a blazing basically uh thank you tell us uh, about I that say, i think that that's like kind of the key and the secret in um horror movies is like not not saying what's going on to specifically or not even showing everyone leaving more things to the um, audience's imagination really keeps that like your your imagination you come up with things so much more intricately in your imagination than you do when you see them visually so just yeah, going back I, I, about. I agree with you a hundred percent i i love it when stories start off where you don't have a full explanation. There's not like a lot of, you know, heavy exposition in, in the in act one where you're trying to figure out, hey, what's going on here? And then sometimes even at the end, you, you draw your own conclusions. And, and yeah, I, I I love those kind of films and I'm 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 drawn to that. So 100 yeah. percent with you there. Yeah. Yeah. But going going back to um we we're talking about the the high adrenaline acting, the guns uh in a film especially an independent film of course we know about the tragedy on the rust set yeah um just talk about some of the precautions or, uh, that were made on your set of repeater were you using actual um you know weapons or were you using prop guns 
I was curious on how, how that aspect went because there there was a lot yeah, of that going on. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So so we used um, we we had live fire um, throughout the film. Um, so you know everything that was was shooting, they were actual guns, but the ammunition itself mm-hmm. was not live ammunition. So when you're firing at something, you're going to hit whatever you're firing at, and so you have to be continually aware of where you're pointing the gun. So one of the things that I remember coming in there before doing the film, I I went to do a a gun safety course out in the desert. I spent about three days like just shooting guns. I I had never shot guns before. The movie I did before, Winter's Dream, was a science fiction movie. So I was shooting lasers. So there's really no, you know, it's just, it's VFX. Yeah. so it's I like a blast of Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah, and then the thing, the the thing that I would do for safety always was I would always get the gun, and then the first AD would check the gun with me, and then even after they would check the gun, I would still fire the gun off in a different direction. I would whatever gun I had in my hand, I would always fire it for some reason. I just wanted to fire it just to see what would come out of it, and also just never being cavalier with that in your hand because you, mm-hmm. you know, I've read too many reports of like kids getting shot at home and things like that with guns. Right. So you, you just are never cavalier with it. So you'll, I, you know, you consciously never pointed at anyone, even playfully this, that. So that's kind of, that's sort of the mentality you have. And we had some guys on set who had lots of experience with guns. Like there was a guy named Jacob Kressler there. He used to be in the Israeli army. And then there was, a couple other guys. So, you know, there was a lot of, there was a high respect for firearms. And when you have that, you tend not to, you tend not to wave them around and do goofy things with them. Yeah. That's so, so important, especially what happened with rust. I mean, that's, that's something that should have been prevented that that cinematographer Helena should still be with us. And uh, that's tough. That's, that's, that's a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah. I'm glad that the precautions were made on on your set of repeaters. So, but um, I did get shot. I did get shot. So you did get even, shot. Yeah, even though we had all these precautions, there was a scene where I was running, and and fortunately it wasn't a live weapon, but the but but it hit me in the leg. It oh, like no. it like hit me, and I turned. Around, I looked at the guy. Oh my god! And I was like, "What are you doing?" And like he was like the expert, like he was a sniper because. He he was. They hired this guy so that mm. the bullets would land right in front of my feet and behind my feet. But but <laughs> even even with like the best there, things can go sideways. But fortunately, right. it was just a you know just like I was like you know whatever. <laughs> what's it like, <laughs> what's it like, like when you get hit by those things? Is it like getting hit by like a BB gun? Yeah, I, I well I've never been hit by a BB gun, so I'm assuming like yeah it's it's just a little a little sting, but nothing nothing bad, nothing crazy. Okay. No bruising. Right, right, okay. for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, I got to ask about uh, Kristana Loken because I mentioned earlier, she is a beautiful woman. I, I We all remember her from Terminator 3. I was curious on, on right. working with her very closely since you had, you had a lot of scenes with her. Yeah. And uh, she's she's just amazing. She was great. She was... <laughs> Don't get too excited, Al. <laughs> have you seen Terminator 3? <laughs> Rise of the Machines. <laughs> She was a, a I, lot yes, of yes. she was a lot of fun to work with and and she was very professional and it was great working with her in the action scenes because she um 
you know, we would run any of the action scenes as many times as, as it took. And she wouldn't, she never complained. Like, you know, she never got tired. Anytime the action choreographer would say like, hey, Kristana, are you okay flipping into this, um, into this like mat over here? She'd be like, sure, you know, and, you know, so it was, it was fun because she, she had like a really can do attitude, even like when we were fighting in the elevator, um, you know, she obviously has more ex experience in action choreography than I do. And so she was like, Hey, you know, elbow me here as opposed to here, you know, th this and that. So it was fun. I, I, I took her, I took her direction. And then, but then again, we also had Gary Daniels, who's like, Oh yeah. Like a legit yeah. martial artist. So G Gary scenes, you know, I just, you know, I just let him do whatever he had to do. And he, he sort of like put me where I needed to be because, you know, I remember one time we were fighting and he said, um, he's like, Paul, you, you, you got a duck. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll duck. He goes, because you're going to get hit in the head. I'm like, I don't want to get hit in the head. He's like, well, then, well, then you got a duck. So he was kind of, he, he was teaching me during the scene. So it was fun. It was good. Wow. Yeah. So this is your first big action movie. Yes, this would be the first. This would be the first big action movie where Talk about Throne of the Wolves. Wow, guns where, and and fight choreography. Yeah, where, where there's a lot and of fight congratulations because yeah. like that's an awesome gig to get like an action yeah. movie where you have all this choreography and you get to be the badass. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> you get to. That's right. I, I got I got to pretend that I was a badass. That's that's, <laughs> that's all we can all hope for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and looking looking through your bio, you're already live. You were you were even before you became an actor, you were living at least my parents' dream, where you went to med school and you uh, started your own medical practice. <laughs> you're an you're an actual MD, Paul. I am. I'm. 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 Actually, I'm double board certified. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an MD. <laughs> do you still do you still practice or? or is, I do. Is, yeah, you do. No, I I do because I you know it's interesting. Um, I I love it. I mean, I absolutely love being a doctor. Just just like I love acting. It's it's and sometimes wow. when I try and talk to my industry friends about it there's a bit of a disconnect in the sense that they sometimes they can't understand, like, because they think it's, they view it as a day job. Do you follow? So like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's your day job, but this must be your passion, but I'm passionate about both. And I really enjoy wow. doing both. So I don't, I don't view it as my day job at all. I love it. I mean, I look forward to doing that just as much as I look forward to doing this. And I know that it may limit me in some ways. Like I know that scheduling able... must be tough, right? What was that? Scheduling must be very tough. Scheduling's tough, and 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 it does limit you because let let's be real. Like this industry is really, um, it, it's really critical that you're you're at the right place at the right time. So if you're going to all the events in Hollywood and on the evening, right. and you're listening to a, your a, a publicist and they're telling you to go here and there you're going to meet more people and you're invariably going to get into more projects. But, but when you're like me, like you're kind of, you know, you're only there when you're doing the work and you're off in some other universe. Right. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to meet people. Oh. Would you eventually do a Dr. Ken Jung and eventually, uh, are oh, you more familiar with Dr. Ken? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I am, I am. Yeah, who, who ended up uh, just following his dream of comedy. And, you know, he was in The Hangover and and um, no longer a practicing doctor. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't think so because I think that I feel that I will be able to accomplish my goals as an actor, but Confirmed. I don't want to really give up being a doctor. I, I don't feel like I have to, so I'm not going to. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. Uh, what What is your specialty uh, in, in the medical world? So I'm a dermatologic surgeon, so I do skin cancer surgery mostly. Wow. That's impressive. And especially uh, living in Los Angeles, you might have had a few celebrity clients over the years. I've, I've had a I've had a, a few, but they've never known that I was interested in that because I never talk about it. At, at wow, yeah, that is so cool, <laughs> Zod. I'm glad you did a little uh, digger, a uh, little deeper digging. Uh, well, like I said, my parents would love you, Paul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my because, parents would love you too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's fantastic. A lot of respect, you know. And you have Thank three you. independent you. films upcoming. You have Uppercut, Escape from Blackwater, and Deep Stage. That's right, yeah. Ah, and you're an MD. So t- tell us a little bit about these three films. Okay. So let's start with um, we'll start with Uppercut. So Uppercut is sort of a the, – the director likes to call it um, a, kind of a, a bromantic comedy in, in the sense because – this guy, the character I play, Phil, he has a love interest who's who's um, this female boxer, and she's sort of kind of helping him. You know, it's sort of a coming of age story for him. Like she's she's helping him navigate the world and really stand up for himself. But at the same time, there's a guy in the film who he really admires and looks up to. So kind of he acts as his guru. So it's like a it's the relationship between him and the guy and how he admires him and tries to emulate him and look up to him and his burgeoning romance with, with, with the girl. So, and it's set in the backdrop of, of boxing. So, you know, he goes from getting knocked out and, um, and learning, you know, how to box and learning how to, to stand up for himself in real life. And so it's, um, it's a kind of, a, it's a coming of age story. It's fun. It, it was, it was a lot. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. So it was great. Oh, had you done comedy before? Like, did you have like a history in comedy? No, no, this is the first time. It's the first time I did comedy. Wow. And, um, and, and then D- deep stage, which is the other, which is the next film is that's a little more serious tone, but, but the character once again is um, he's a little lighter. He's a, he's a <clears throat> convict. I mean, and he's, he's basically, released from jail to help the DEA crack this fentanyl ring. And so it's, so oh, it, wow. it, it's, it's around, it's in the backdrop of the fentanyl crisis in the United States, but it's also takes advantage of Americana car culture because a lot of the, you know, the, the fentanyl that we're seeing coming in is brought in through gangs that sometimes are affiliated with the car culture. And so that's part of it too. And it's it, it's it's a pretty you know intense movie, but sounds like the, it. But at the same time, it it's got you know it has it has this lighter moment. So it's um so it's uh it's a complicated film. It's but once again, it was a, it was a lot of a lot of fun, good stuff. And then um at last, Escape from Blackwater is just a hardcore drum dramatic piece. It's really. With an action backdrop, it's it's about an attorney who's 
girlfriend goes missing um, abroad and he has to go figure out the details of why she's gone. But in the meantime, he gets convicted of her murder, gets put into a, a jail abroad, and it's his story of how he um, escapes and seeks justice. And in that particular film, you're you're playing your actual ethnicity, Mr. Singh, correct? That is correct. Yeah. That, yes. That one I I wrote, so I wrote I wrote like you know who I am. <laughs> As um, and your ethnicity is uh, Indian. Yes, I'm from India. Yeah. That's right. Yes, from India. Yes, very nice. So there you go. So you can be Paul Smith or you can be Mr. Singh. So there you go. <laughs> it's all about having range because, you know, I'm Filipino, but I can play Latino. I've played Indonesian. I've played Hawaiian. So it's right. important to be able to uh, to uh, have a as an actor to to have a broad range, ethnically ambiguous or, or what have you. So, yeah, 100 percent. Like as long as I mean, we're acting is playing and you're inhabiting different characters and you know, as long as the audience accepts you, I think you're okay. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Go for it. Nice, nice. And are you um, seeking uh, representation as far as the an agent here in Hollywood? You know, that is my next thing that I got to get done. I, okay, I have cool. To, I've been like kind of sort of in my own world of, of writing and then producing and then acting and and. But yeah, everybody, all my friends are like, dude, what are you doing? It's like you're you're making movies you're, and you don't have any representation. Something's wrong with you. And I was like, OK, yeah. so that's on the list. I'm going to OK, good. I, I got to yeah. get I got to get headshots next week. I'm going to get that taken care of. I love of. that. This and is the doctor gonna... actor. So this is completely understandable because <laughs> you have a response, very responsible day job. So right. <laughs> the fact that, you, that you're, you're also pursuing <clears throat> acting like. A lot of us actors here uh, on the panel, you know, have, we all have other jobs too. And I think right. that you're a very good, um, just a shining example, uh, Paul. And I really respect that Thank that you you, you um, give importance to your career, your career as a doctor as an MD, and of course uh, your passion uh, of acting. So that that's really fantastic. And I think that's proof that really anybody in any industry can pursue the creative side of film. I, I, I think so. You, I think you can do anything in life at any time in life. And that's, I'm a big proponent of that. Don't, don't ever be like, Oh man, I'm 40. You know, what am I going to do now, man? You just do it. I mean, do whatever you want to do and get it done and forget it. about the chrono chronological age. Forget about, you know, expectations. If you wanted to have three careers, have three careers. If you want to have one, one fine, just, you know, it's it's your life. You know, you got one life. Just you know, go for it. <laughs> awesome. Now, is there a particular acting goal that you would love to to conquer? Any particular role, or maybe actor that you'd love to work with? Um, you know, I don't know if this guy is going to make movies anymore, but I, I would have loved to work with George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, I, really, I, I would have loved that. I mean, I, I, this guy. The he's so directing now. He's he, directing he, and acting still. He had that movie with Julia Roberts yeah, recently. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what he's doing, but um, but you know, but but in but in all reality, I I think I, I think really it's not so much about conquering a goal or 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 working with someone per se, but I think it's having a body of work where where people can say that yes, this guy is good at what he does. So I think it's, I think we're all looking for a little bit of legitimacy in what we do. 
and and that would be nice because you know when you, when we talk about actors like Corbin and 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 um, Kristana and and Gary and, and all these guys or or Tom Sizemore, some of the guys that I've worked with, they're legitimate actors. People know them. They they have a body of work. So so I think we all strive for that legitimacy, regardless of of where you know what kind of projects we're doing. It's like okay, yeah, him. Paul Sadu, yeah, yeah, he he's an actor. Okay, I, yeah, I kind of know who he is, but yeah, but he's he's legitimate. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Wow. There, I think we're good. Paul, wow, thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Of course, you can check out Repeater. I believe it's on YouTube, Amazon, um, Vudu, Roku. Listen, all those uh, streaming platforms, right? I believe so, right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you can see it on mo- your favorite uh, streaming platform. I enjoyed uh, enjoyed watching your performance uh, and thank the film, film was a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite scene was uh the scene with the um the room service that was (laughs) yeah that was an action-packed wtf moment uh that was good that was a good one so that that was look out for that scene when you see it because i don't want to talk any spoilers because people need to watch this film Uh, so so paul before we let you go if you could do a little promo let us know who you are Maybe you can say Dr. Paul, right? Why not? Dr. Paul Sidhu. And let us know uh, your uh, your films. And then let us sure. know you're on Below the Belt Show. All right. Sounds good. Um, hello, all. My name's Paul Sidhu. I'm on the Below the Belt Show. Um, some of the projects I'm in currently that are out and streaming are 2307 Winter's Dream, Hustle Down, and Repeater, our current film. Please watch for Uppercut, Hustle Down and Escape from Blackwater. Um, and you can find me on uh, The Real Paul Sadu on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Real Paul Sadu. Dr. Paul Sadu. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, doctors, for talking to us. And Thank let's you. do a quick photo op. All right. All right. A one, two, and three. I know Sabrina, Sabrina was all over the place, but we got it in there. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you, Paul, uh, for, for being a, a guest on our show. You're awesome. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Good night.